What's up, you dirt bags? We are back for a massive, massive episode. I, Luke, I can't even believe how we got to this point. Um, my name is Luke Egebrotten, and then the better looking Luke, Luke Payne. How we doing, brother? Mr. Luke E, how are you doing tonight? Cheers, brother. We've got a loaded episode here tonight. I mean, the fact that we're in this position right now, I'm so stoked. Um, I can't wait to introduce our guest on the Dirt Bags podcast, John Summers, Vice President of Construction and Utility Sector of AEM. What's going on, John? What's up, my Lukes? How are you? John, cheers. <laughs> cheers, guys. Woo, Thanks for coming on. You bet. What are you what are you having for a what are you having for a sipper? That looks pretty dark. So, so that's gotta so be so first of all, you know, gotta represent in all Con Expo attire here, right? Yep. So there shirt hat. Um, so I figured I'd stick with the Vegas theme. So we got uh some smoke wagon from oh, uh oh, wow. Nevada H distillery in, in Vegas. So yeah, buddy, uh shout out to uh, my buddy John Roslam, colleague who works at AM as well. Uh picked that up for me. So thought we'd stay with the the little Vegas preview here today. Shoot, that looked awesome, Luke. We might have to Dude, try that. that yeah, really shout, shout out to John. I'm rocking like three shots of Fireball in here in an ice cube. <laughs> there you go. I've got, oops, I got some Maker's Mark. And Luke, we're coming into this podcast a little hot. John, we actually just recorded with Taylor on the Con Expo podcast, nice. and we kind of dove into things. So we're we're ready to rock and roll. We're locked and loaded. Yeah, John, we couldn't be more dialed in for this episode, but we just want to thank you so much like for for taking this time to be with us. I know we're we're a little unorthodox and the way the things we say, but it just you and I have been connected for a while now uh through LinkedIn and you know, we'll be speaking at Con Expo here in March, but thank you again for just taking time out of your day to be on here. We're Luke and I are stoked to just dive into AEM Con Expo and just what people can expect with it. So um, I guess to start, maybe we should go a little more high level on AEM and Con Expo and like what that relationship is and what they even mean. Yeah. So I guess first guys, thanks for having me on here. Um, Luke, as you said, you know, we've been connected for a while. I always kind of tell the story of um, I love people that are proactive and reach out and ask questions because, you know, it's kind of like the the old thing when you talk to a girl, like the answer is no, if you don't even ask. Right. So, I mean, like right. kind of, you know, uh, That's good. You know, I'm going to use that the question. Here you go. Right. Uh, <laughs> ask, ask the question, you know, I, I think from, you know, your position and some of the stuff that you guys have, you know, done the podcast, you're looking to just make connections and and make, you know, what call the dirt world, a better place. Right. So I, I think that's, you know, transitioning into AEM. I think that's what we do. Right. I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're always trying to make those connections whether that's from like our members to other of our members, you know, where they can help each other or our members to the, to their customer. Um, so AEM, uh, Association of Equipment Manufacturers, we've been around for, I think it's 127 years, 128 years now. Um, I know pretty crazy. So there was obviously only, you know, a couple of manufacturers that, that, that started at that point. And in uh, 2000, there was two fairly large trade show or trade groups that merged together that created AM. Uh, we cover five uh, off-road, or as I like to say, off-highway industry sectors. So on one side of the association is agriculture um, and forestry kind of fits in that, but then it also fits in the construction side, which is what I'm responsible for, which is the construction mining utility. So, you know, all the, all the equipment that builds and feeds and powers the world um, and then, so the core of our members, about a hundred, or I'm sorry, a thousand member companies, 
um, the the core of those or the majority of those are what we call the whole good manufacturers. So think of your full machines, um, stuff you see on the side of the road. Um, and then you get into the next level um, or category, I guess, is, is portable. So uh, I said, I'm in my workshop sitting down here. So I got some represent walkie, right? So walkie hand tools there. Um, so like hand tools, um, you know, trailers, things without an engine fit into that. And then our third category is all the component suppliers. So engines, tires, cabs, you know, windshield wipers, all the stuff that components is pretty self-explanatory, right? That goes into the equipment. Um, and then we also have a couple of hundred uh, members that are what we call service providers. So they're providing a service to the industry. So it could be like translation services, uh, publication, software, stuff like that. So yeah, making those connections in there. And then, then the customer connection part of it is, is how we get into the trade show piece. I mean, that is electric. Like, I'm so <laughs> processing basically how many different levels there are. And to like, you've been, is it 15 and a half years you've been, you've been About, there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, so I, I got out of college, uh, I have a computer science degree because the internet was cool. I'm old. So like back then I was like, do something with the internet. Um, and, hey, it's still uh, cool. Come on. It's still cool. It's still we're cool. here, right? I mean, yeah, without Come this, on. we wouldn't be talking. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, did that and, and had a job out of college for about two years and then was doing a lot of, you know, online marketing stuff. So came over yeah. to AM, worked in our marketing area, um, managed all the websites for all our trade shows, the association itself. Um, in that for about seven years and i'd say probably about four years in i was like holy shit i can't just keep sitting at my desk i need to get out and talk to people um so you know super good opportunity opened up and i moved into what we call our ce sector um and basically been in that you know doing member engagement and service development you know for the membership um for the last eight years or so hell yeah you put some you've definitely put some boots on the ground to say the least holy cow <laughs> Hey, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, people, I feel like even now, especially in like pandemic, you know, people are like, or oh, is a better job and, and kind of jump and ship. And, you know, I always kind of give AEM credit. I mean, we've grown. I think we have almost twice as many people in the association as we did when I started. Wow. Um, so there's that, you know, and just keep expanding programs and providing services, like super cool opportunity. So. Damn. So John, so we get to our, our, I would say our audience is based up of um, contractors, but you, typically business owners that are doing zero to 10 million. Luke, I'd say that's probably our main, so that's a good um, range. main target there. A lot of them are going to go to Con Expo. And if people are listening and they're not going, they're probably going to buy their ticket right after this. So what, if you can map that out, like why would somebody doing 2.2 million a year excavation company in Ohio, why would they travel to Las Vegas to go to a trade show like Con Expo? I mean, just trying to like map that out. Is it, what's the draw for them? So I think there's a few different things. I mean, from my perspective, you can't beat face-to-face, -face, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like the networking with their peers, maybe they're looking into buying a new machine from, you know, ABC manufacturing, actually talking to the people that worked on it, that built it, that engineered it. I think that that connection and really understanding why things operate the way they do, you're never going to get that anywhere else, right? I mean, you can go to you can go to your dealer, you can look on the internet, look at the spec sheet, whatever you want, but to have that, you know, personal connection on the trade show floor, standing next to the excavator, saying, "Tell me about this actual feature here," and hearing from it, you know, from from the horse's mouth, basically, I think you you can't beat that. Um, 
you know, there, there's the, in my opinion, that's the number one thing, right? Um, I would I mean, agree. I assume people have been at trade shows or car shows or something like that. And even yeah. at some of those local ones, you know, you don't get that, you know, OEM or manufacturer connection experience. Um, and networking with your peers. I mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of contractors in this company, especially in that small to mid size, right? And they're fairly regional or even sub-regional, right? So, I mean, a lot of them aren't competing with each other. Yeah. So it's like, why not get to be friends with them and say, hey, I ran into this challenge. You know, Luke, where you are in North Dakota, right? And it's kind of yep. like, well, yeah, I'm over here in Montana. We get the same shit. Like, how mm-hmm. did you overcome that? Like, it doesn't matter because you're not really like competing with each other or, or trying to fight for business, right? It's like, let's make everybody better and kind of rise all tides. So Correct. I think between those two things, you know, I, I don't think there's any other place you can really have all that, those personal connections. No, no. I mean, I don't know. Obviously you guys have other trade shows, but through like the social media standpoint and just like conversation, <laughs> there's not a person that doesn't know who Con Expo is, right? Either they've heard about it, they've seen videos about it, the exposure is definitely there. So it's, it's fun to get your take on it as, and Luke, awesome question. Why would somebody go there? Um, again, my biggest the reason I want to go there is just to basically see, and I feel like you guys have done a really good job of putting different, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of the right word, but basically putting different and new items out for people to see on what's up and coming. And I feel like that's the only trade show that does that. Yeah, we've heard some stories because there's also the you don't know, you don't know what you don't know, right? I mean, it, I always use the, the, the really dumb example of if, if you didn't know a hammer existed, how would you know what to grab to pound a nail on a wall or in a stud, right? Yep. So it's kind of like there's all of this stuff. I know one of the stories we heard from an attendee one time was doing a lot of uh, um, road work, utility work in the road at night. And they were constantly like setting up lights, you know, along the road to, you know, kind of barricade it off. And some company now makes ones where they they all sync up and they flash, you know, one right after another. And you don't have to connect them. You have to program anything. It's like they basically just sense where the next one is. And he's like, this is going to save so much time. I never even knew I was looking for this. Right. So, I mean, there's all of that stuff. I mean, there's, there's, there's all the stuff you see promoted. And, you know, if you guys were, if anybody here, you know, listening was paying attention last week, there was Bauma, the big show in Germany. So, um, you know, their big trade show, you know, other, other side of the pond, a lot of electric equipment, you know, or alternative power, we should kind of say, right. A lot of it's battery electric and that subcompact or smaller compact stuff. Um, You know, you're going to see that, right. I mean, that's going to be there. It's cool. Is it for everybody? Maybe not yet, especially if you're remote, you know, how are you charging it? What are you doing with it? Are you going to use it all day? But then, you know, there might be other solutions that people, you know, like I said, don't even know they're looking for or don't even know they have a problem with yet. So, I mean, it's it's all that stuff that you can't, you can't Google that, right? No. I mean, because you don't even know that that's a challenge for you. How do you guys find it then? Like you said, you can't Google it. How do you go about, do these people come to you and they're like, Hey, we have something that this industry has not seen. We want to, you know, showcase that you guys' show. How does that work? Yeah. So even if we maybe we take a step back here, and so AEM is, you know, the show owner and producer, right? So we have on our staff, um, you know, our membership and sales member and exhibitor success team, right? So they're the ones that, you know, the the the, the manufacturer company, you know, calls in, sends an email, right, and says like, I want to get in the show. So they take care of all of them, and then we have our operations team who basically, I always say, like, you know, draws the location on the floor plan and says, this is your spot. Don't cross this line. 
Yeah. Um, so we kind of handle all of that and all the marketing, all the promotions, stuff like that. So we handle all that in-house. So um, there's a lot of other trade associations that have events, obviously none like this big, I should yep. say none, very few this big. Um, so that kind of helps fuel and, you know, pay for the rest of our services that we offer as a trade association. So we can, we can get into that later, but um, you know, so a lot of the stuff we, we don't know about, right. Cause I mean, a lot of people, you know, I think it was kind of expo 2014, you know, our theme was a big orange blanket on top of a piece of equipment, you know, and it's like, we're not going to take this off until, until opening hours. Right. So a lot of stuff that people are bringing, we don't know. Um, you know, me or some people on the team might, might hear about it. Um, one of the things we're doing this year is we're calling them the next level. Um, so it's some of the companies that have, um, you know, uh, products that are in the market or just getting in the market. Right. And we're trying to showcase them on the show floor. So I, I was telling a story to a guy last week, you know, we had a couple startup companies come in in, in 2017 or 2020, the shows every three years. Right. So, I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, it takes a little while to get there too. Um, you know, and they got into show late because maybe they didn't exist until, you know, now, November, yep. before the show's in March, and they fill the spot on the show floor, and they're like, all right, we make um, labor tracking software, and we're next to a bucket, and then some cleaner. And they're like, how is anybody ever going to really know what's going on here, right? Yep. So we, we, we always kind of, you know, have the product kind of concentration areas and try and segment people to so somebody who just shows up. Um, can find what they're looking for or find that they don't know they need, but, but this year, or I guess next year, you know, we're working on those uh, next level areas to, to really highlight some of those super innovative um, inventions, I guess, that, that, that are just happening over the last like six months year. That's super cool. I feel like even from 2020, I remember watching just videos of the 2020 con expo. And I feel like even at that, I mean, granted it, not a lot of time between now and then, but there was so much innovation at that point. I just can't, I, I can't think of what someone might have come up with to even combat those to make a better or solve a different problem that again, nobody knew about. So I'm really anxious for that. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's go ahead, Luke. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, Luke, it's going to happen. It's like almost a guarantee that you're going to show up and you're like, Oh my gosh. Like they did it. They, they <laughs> blew it out of the water again. Like it just always happens. That son of a so bitch. He did it. Yeah, right. the most the most wild thing that we don't share, and and maybe I'll I'll sneak some pictures next year is the show opens Tuesday morning, right? Monday at eight p.m. It is an absolute shit show, and there's like no carpet <laughs> in the aisles, and there's just boxes oh, everywhere, no. and there's crates, and it happens every time, you know. And then I'm like, all right, you know, time to go to dinner and go get a drink or whatever. And I show up next morning at eight thirty. I'm like, how is this possible? Like, this you know? looks great. It's like Way everybody's go, just rolling overnight, right? I mean, it's it, it's just funny. It's like anything. I mean, it's you know, we have people moving in, you know, three weeks before the show or more than that, you know, setting up the cranes out in the festival grounds and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's massive and it takes a long time, but you know, there's always that last minute stuff that everybody's scrambling to get done. And I, I just find it just crazy because I'm like, no way we're screwed. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're not opening the doors till 11. Yeah. Sorry guys. We're like, Oh God, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. John and casino for a while. <laughs> and L Luke and I'll be there, you know, Monday night late. And so if you need any help, Luke offered his services, like he'll come <laughs> help at perfect. three in the morning and, uh, He'll come find me in the casino. Yeah, I how might about, have. One of the I'm, yeah, it'll it'll probably keep me away from the blackjack tables from that night. So, John, <laughs> if you need help, let me know. 
hey, I won't be there, man. It's we let somebody else handle it. All that stuff. <laughs> all, our, all our contractor does all that stuff. I don't, you know, we don't mess with that. They're they're professionals and get that done. So yeah, yeah but it's definitely. just it's pretty crazy. I love it. Um, you kind of touched on the AEM side of things. Um, I think Luke, we should dive into that a little bit because yeah. again, we had talked about just on how like it. I should, I don't even know if extensive is the right word, but just how much there is to your guys' site and the services you guys offered. Can you dive in, you know, just talk a little bit about, you know, more of what you guys do. Obviously you have the con expo and all of your showcases, but then, you know, you have a lot of business development options on there too. Can you kind of touch on that? Sure. Yeah. So good question. So AM is a pretty robust trade association, right? So a lot of a lot of them don't cover, I guess, the breadth of the entire industry or whatever it is. They kind of focus on, you know, one thing. And if I've been in my current role just over a year now. And before that, I was focused more on the utility side of the business. Um, so anything, you know, power line, overhead, you know, gas line, fiber, underground, all that stuff. Um, you know, and there's a lot of associations that are, you know, focused just on, you know, the means of installation, like trenchless installation of something, right? And that's their little niche, right? Yep. So, which is great. I mean, you need those, you know, those experts and those folks that are like educating, you know, the industry or the folks in Washington, you know, anybody that's going to get funding on those specific things. But, you know, you look at AEM and I mentioned our five industry segment, segments before. So agriculture, forestry, construction, mining, utility, and it's all equipment that supports all of those industries. Right. So it's kind of wild. Um, so when you when you expand it that far, you know, we need to make sure that we have, you know, services that that support all of those different product lines, all of those industry segments. So um, we kind of internally, we kind of call them our core services. So I, I, I mentioned we talked about trade shows, you know, quite a bit and probably will again later, but that's kind of the customer connection stuff. So so our our customers, customers, right. So the, our members, customers. Um, that could be anything from, um, you know, like a small mid-sized contractor, municipality, um, landscaper, anything, anything in between large, heavy highway contractor, rental crane, crane rental house, um, you know, all that stuff like that. But then, you know, it's like, what else do those businesses need to succeed? So, um, you know, we have that, we do have our, our team in Washington, DC, you know, bunch of, uh, um, lobbyists you know lobbying for you know good policies support manufacturing all that stuff like that which is a lot of the stuff that other trade associations just focus on and then they they might have a couple people in washington that are just dealing with policy regulation um we have a bigger team but that's that's kind of similar to the other groups um we have then we call our safety and product leadership group which which used to be technical and safety so a lot of the standards work um regulatory fits in that in a way one of the things that i'm really involved with um is basically our meaning like am but the industry's position on engine emissions going forward so um you hear about california talking about tier five you know we all remember tier four and the yep. the, the sort of kind of fiasco that was back in 2013-14 um so hoping to not get our industry in that position again, whether whether it's California or EPA, you know, driving, um, you know, for um, lowered emission with with internal combustion engines or or driving to zero emission. But that that we have a whole group that basically handles all that stuff, along with the uh, safety standards, um, all that work that really is all the equipment touching 
stuff um, to support our members. And we do market share statistics and kind of all in our like business intelligence umbrella. Um, so some other trade groups do this, but um, you know, for our industries, we, we round up a bunch of manufacturers that make the same product, um, and then you know have them report their um, sales numbers in confidentially to our processor, and then they get the whole number back. So they're never learning. You know, if it was us three in a program, I wouldn't know what one of the Lukes is doing versus the other mm -hmm. one, right? And it, it's kind of yep. like you get the whole industry and understand what your market share is. So really helps our members, you know, plan, deal with their distribution networks, um, understand where they're strong, where they're not, you know pump up resources in that area or, or not. Um, also kind of that aftermarket support piece of it and where a lot of equipment's going in the industry to, to support their customers because that's, that's you know, one of the most important things. Um, and then like I'd say about, you know, a third to a half of our staff is supporting all the trade shows. Um, we also say we do education, right? And Luke, Brown, I know you're familiar with this because you're gonna be talking at Con Expo, right? Um, but so yes, we sir. do two different, <laughs> we do two different, two different educations kind of. So one is educating our members on, on things that are coming. Um, and that doesn't necessarily need to be the industry, but just the world in general that may impact their, their business. Um, and then we educate the, the contractors, the end users at our shows. So at Con Expo, um, we also own a show called utility expo in Louisville. It happens every other year. So that'll be end of September next year. Um, and then we co-own and produce uh, World of Asphalt, which is every, yep. I would say this weird, every year Con Expo is not. So it's like two years on, one year off. So it's skipping okay. next year. Um, and then it'll be the two years following that. And, and that show has a pretty robust education program. So I mean, at Con Expo, you know, I think we have 150 different sessions over the five days. Um, you know, so there's obviously a team at AEM supporting all that. So um it, you know, it's, it's kind of like you look at it and you think, all right, we're a membership organization. We're governed by our board of directors and basically what the members want. Right. But when, when you kind of put it under the umbrella of, we do almost any and everything to help our members succeed and to remove barriers from them being able to provide product to their customers, like everything kind of lumps underneath that. Right. So, yeah. I mean, part of that could be, you know, being able to sell the same product in North America as you do in Europe because of the way standards and regulations work and harmonizing that across the globe. It could be having a trade show and bringing customers there and they learn about something that they didn't know existed. Um, you know, educating them, educating the customers on the value of technology so they adopt. I mean, it's kind of all that stuff just helps our members, you know, thrive. What is, so like the membership, you talk a lot about members. What is your guys' like target member that you're looking for? Is it kind of anybody that can kind of become a member or is it more corporation based? Is it more, you know, what is, what does that look like? So typically in association world, if you hear trade association versus society, right? So, uh, so us trade association, our members are, are the organization. So it's just like Caterpillar, John Deere, Kamatsu, like that. They, they have their membership dues and all their employees are basically eligible to participate in our stuff. Um, get our business intelligence reports on our website, everything like that. A society is you don't join join as a company, you join as an individual representing that company. So that's not us. You know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, end user groups are kind of set up that way. Especially when you're if you're a large contract and you have multiple different branches, they don't need everybody in the whole organization to be involved. Um, 
but to really answer your question, like who's our target? Um, you know, I think that, you know, with, with the size of our membership and who we have, um, you know, a lot of the major companies that you say have been members for a long time um, for multiple reasons, right? You know, as the industry expands, um, there's newer products. Maybe the product isn't really newer, but like its usage is growing. Um, so we always try and pull those companies in to say, how can we help you maybe develop one of those stats programs for them to, to learn their market share? Um, just to give you an example of that, um, there's a few companies, um, like, like what we call a subcompact wheel loader, but they're really small ones. So Giants, um, I'm going to forget a few other names now. I know from years marketing one. Um, uh, yeah, so that product is kind of newer-ish to North America. So as they grow, then we try and like nurture them, right? And kind of provide them the value we do to everybody else. Um, the interesting thing about it is, I was explaining to somebody the other day, is like the job site, right? The, the, the dirt is like the nucleus of the industry, right? So there's all the stuff that happens before that and all the stuff that happens after that, whether you're building a road or a building, um, you know, all of the planning, the architecture, planning, engineering, all the stuff before that, we don't really get into that. I mean, there's some gray area. And then let's say we're talking about a highway project. It exists and it's done, all the equipment leaves and then everybody drives on it. And then the maintenance of it is whether that's snow removal, anything besides like resurfacing it is again, is kind of not really in our wheelhouse. So I think we're always kind of that, the core piece of everything that touches equipment. Um, I think we'll expand that over time, especially as, you know, more and more people um, start interacting with some of those technologies. You know, I mentioned like the, the architecture piece of it, say you, you know, develop a, a grade plan, you know, in some system like that, you know, is basically coming out of the job site in your machine control system. So, you know, like what your grade is, right? So we're, that's the gray area, like we're there, but when we get into you know, even before that, I don't mean site surveying, I mean, like, before that piece of it, like, it's, that's kind of outside of our, of our core. Okay, that makes There's sense. also, like, if you think vertical construction, you know, we don't really deal with, you know, like, electricians, plumbers, you know, drywallers, anything in the building, right, or any of the monitoring the building's health as it goes on. Um, it's more of the, the heavier side of it. It's the dirt world. It's, it is. It's, it's, I love, it's the dirt world. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I'm trying that. No, that, that's super cool. I didn't realize again, how extensive you guys really go in depth with, you know, how to help people. And it was really cool that again, your guys as members are the caterpillars that come out to use the John Deere's. And then obviously you give them help, which in turn almost gives us help too. Cause then they're aware of what's trending and you know how they can better suit us with their equipment or whatever it might be. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, and yeah. you know one of the things that I've focused on, you know, I guess over the last six eight years is really trying to bring our members closer to their customer. I mean, I think they know what a lot of the larger contractors are doing. But you know, I was at um, AEMP's conference last week, so the Association of Equipment Management Professionals. So they're the, all the fleet managers, right? And some of their challenges related to equipment, telematics, machine data, stuff like that. Like I've talked to them and then brought that back to one of our committees and said, this is their hangout points. Like you're not just hearing it from one of your customers now and nobody's 
nobody, if you hear from one of your customers or two of your customers, you don't know that your competitor is also hearing it from their customer, right? So everybody kind of removes the, the logoed hat in the room and says, how could, what can we all band together to do to kind of help the whole industry move forward? So that's one of the things that, you know, we've concentrated on that last few years. And I think we'll, we'll continue to do more of that. What so this kind of brings up a good question, and this kind of falls within Luke and I's realm. So, like you said, they have their core customers, the fleet managers, wherever has a big, and we've kind of seen it too on our end. But some of these bigger corporations are maybe maybe having a harder time tapping into the smaller markets. Are you? Do you guys have any committees based on that, or is it just kind of like, hey? trying new things, you know, learn about them, that type of thing. Like how are they struggling to kind of reach these smaller companies as well or no? So you mean our members, um, like, like, like technology or solution providers reaching yeah. a smaller contractor or smaller. Yeah. yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. So I always kind of, you know, say it's the, I don't know the right term for it, but it's like the 80, 20 rule, but it's the, it's the 10, 80, 10, right? Mm -hmm. So I think your 10, 10% of your largest contractors are the ones that are, you know, willing to try something new. I mean, they probably have so many jobs going on that they're like, Hey, let's try this new technology on this small little patch of road over here. If it doesn't work right, it'll be fine. We have enough yep. other, you know, horsepower or bandwidth to fix it. Right. And then you get your small contractors that are just starting out that are saying, Hey, I'm already behind everybody, yeah. right? So I got to figure out what my competitive advantage is. So they're more willing to try stuff. So it's that middle, I don't, and I don't know if 80% is right, whatever that is, you know, that are, that are kind of those laggards. I mean, you look at, you probably have seen those charts of like every other industry is like technology. Yep. And then construction's like, oh, hanging out down it's, here. It's stagnant. Um, it's just a flat yeah, line. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, even if you look at some of the stuff that's been implemented in the industry, like the efficiency level and stuff like that hasn't really gone up. Um, so I think, you know, it, that's a challenge, man. I mean, we had a, we had a, a kind of expo kind of tech talks that we did last year and it was, um, you know, bringing in some contractors to talk about the value they've seen from adopting or like fully implementing telematics data, um, mm -hmm. doing some other stuff like that, you know, we had good interest in it, but then what happens to it? You know, I think there's still a lot of barriers, um, for like a, mid less resource contractor to do this. You know, I, I keep saying telematics data. It's kind of one of the things I worked on it was a telematic standard we did with, with AEMP, which is now an ISO standard, right? Of the standardizing the um, data points so you could have a mixed fleet and ingest them in one system, right? But cool, now you got all this data and you don't have anybody to do with it, it. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's the, uh, oh, we don't have any data. We want data, it'll make us better. And then you get it all and you're like, well, I'm overwhelmed. And then everybody now with everybody, I mean, backlogs are crazy and, you know, yep. all the infrastructure funding hitting, right? So everybody's just kind of overwhelmed. They're like, we just got to keep things going. We don't have time to pull somebody off of this and be like, yeah, there's a bunch of spreadsheets. Tell me what we can do to be better. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that kind of jump ahead in time here a little bit, but like as more data happens and the OEMs start getting even more data off their equipment, artificial intelligence, you're going to lay that over like, those actionable insights will come out. We still need somebody at the contractor that that is going to focus on something. Um, one of the things I've always said is just pick one thing and figure out what it is and then do it better and then move on. Like a lot of times companies are trying to do too many things at once. Yep. And that's relatable on smaller scales too, to where 
it's, it's, you know, it's these bigger corporations and these smaller corporations, like Luke always says, kind of niche down to your realm of expertise. Once you get that, then kind of grow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and Luke, I've obviously I've done that in my agency niching down with digital marketing for construction, but you've done that in your construction company. I mean, cause haven't you kind of just gone more of the, Hey, we're going to do what we want to do. And like, we're not going to jump into asphalt and like different things that you want us to do or we're, yeah, we take on what we know how to do. Like, obviously yeah. there's contractors that have asked us, Hey, can you pour concrete in this? No, I don't know anything about concrete. I used to pour concrete when I was young, but fuck no, I never want to go back to that realm. Like right. not a chance. <laughs> Let me dig yeah. the hole, call somebody else in to do that. So yeah, a hundred percent. But it also, again, you know, that could be an opportunity too, to where it really does open doors, but it's just going through the doors that you want to go through in order that makes sense for your business too. Yeah. And, and John, like you said, it's like, figure something out and like, you know, be the best at it or like do it very, very well at the very least. And then, you know, once you have that nailed down, then you can go next thing. And I think, you know, some people try and do it all and they, it, it's relatable in all of our businesses that we're in, but it's doing something well and realizing like what lane you're in. And then if you need something in a different lane, like go ask that person that's, you know, the expert or somebody that knows more than you in that lane. And so Luke, I know you do a great job of that, of, yeah, if it's concrete, like not us, but these guys are great. You know? there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, it's, it's kind of, it's almost kind of a topic that we just talked about with Taylor too, Luke is you don't have to be the best at everything and that's okay. Just be the best at what you're, you're doing. And then the rest will kind of follow. But, yeah. I mean, it's, you think about, you know, just people's roles in the organization or, I have the world series game on up here. I mean, it's, it's not like you're going to ask, and unless it's a crazy situation, you're not going to have Bryce Harper come in and pitch in the ninth inning. Right. It's like, Correct. do what you do really well and do it. Right. Yep. I mean, even in our organization, it, we're not having our trade show marketing people sit in a room with a bunch of engineers talking about a safety standard for one, they yeah. probably lose their mind. But second, like that, it's like, I don't, why would, why would we ever ask them to do that? So mm-hmm. if you're a contractor and you're like, we're really good at taking a hole or really good at, you know, you know, paving a parking lot. It's like, do that, own it. And then if you want to expand the business, you know, like, you know, branch out into that and figure out how to fill people in. But the same thing goes with, you know, utilizing technology or using technology to improve something. It's like, figure out what you don't think you're the best at. See if there's a technology solution that can help you do that better. And then do that one thing, get better at that. And then it can kind of move on to something else. Yeah. I think that's the really cool thing about uh, Con Expo, Con Egg is you can go there and you can, there's infinite amount of things you can learn. People you can talk to, industries, um, machines, anything. But if you go there like with the more tunnel vision and like, okay, I really want to learn this, this, and this, these are my big three that I want to learn. I want to talk to about and educate myself on. You can go get it in Las Vegas, like during that one week, which I think is insane. How is it? 120, 30,000 people you've had. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what we're expecting, man. And, you know, however big the show is, you know, covering all those different lots and, you know, to that point, it's, if, if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody that's been to the show before or not, right. I would say number one thing to do is have a plan. Your plan can be to not have a plan one day. 
right? But then it's like, figure out who you really want to go see and walk and see them and have a route. Don't just walk aimlessly. But then take one of those days and say, hey, you know what? I have not been to this back corner, you know, in Central Hall. Like, I don't know what's back there. Go find out. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like just because somebody's, you know, down an aisle that may not be like on the main corridor. That's not anybody's fault. It's just that's how much space we got. Not everybody yeah. can be in the main aisle, right? So you, like, you might find you something. Them. Yeah. So it's like, just take that time and walk and just walk with an open mind and be like, I don't really know what I'm looking for. And yeah. I mean, I'm just going like to look at said, all of it. Like you said, Luke, it's like, you know, we don't do concrete. All right, cool. Then when you, when you come up on, you know, like the Go Mako or Power Kerber's booth, you're going to be like, not our jam, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> just I'll still probably going. look at it because I love looking at that stuff it's just awesome. to, oh, just yeah. to see the innovation from, you know, and I'm not, I'm not old by any means, but I feel like from where, when I started to where they are now, I'm like, God, that would have been so nice. Or fuck, I wish I would have had that on my job site, you know. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun exactly. to relate to it that way. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I impressive. This the breadth of everything, man. It yeah. Is. And Luke, you're getting up there too. I mean, 26. You're uh you're <laughs> halfway to 52 there. So no, I know I Riley's 28 and she turns it's actually over her birthday weekend when we're going. It's my fiance. Uh, she turns 29 in Vegas and oh, I, every day I'm just like, oh, Ryan, another, another day closer to 30. And oh, she come gets on. So mad. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, she'll, she'll be 29 in Vegas, turning 29 she'll be, or yep. 30. She'll be, she'll be 29. Okay. Her birthday's the right. 16th of March. And I think oh, we're I there. I think we get there the 15th or no, but yeah, maybe it's the 14th and then we leave the 17th or something. So we're super excited. That's fun, yeah, That's and awesome. Luke, when you, put, when you put it uh, put it like that, the next Con Expo, I'll have my thirtieth. Like, I'll be thirty. So, oh my God, Luke, you're getting it, up there too, man. Dude, put that into perspective. I mean, uh, <laughs> I so, remember those days, man. Like six Con Expos ago for me. <laughs> oh, not that Damn. long. No shit, I'm not that old. Goddamn. John, <laughs> yeah, you don't on, look man. a day over. You don't look a day uh, over thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, he's um, like you assholes. I'm fucking twenty-nine. <laughs> Right. John, uh, super, super important question. Um, are there any uh, speakers you're really excited to see on March 15th at 2.30 in West Hall 211 <laughs> that, are gonna talk about, that are going to talk about branding and the importance of building an online presence for small to medium-sized contractors? <laughs> it's really that specific. Sounded, and I wondered, like I, wondered, I wondered uh, how subtly you were going to bring this up, but I do, I do have two education sessions on my calendar that I like can't miss. One's yours. So oh, Mr. Cool. Luke Agabratton, 2.30, Wednesday the 15th, talking about, oh, I forgot it. I tried to memorize the whole thing. It's close enough. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> there you go. It was, it was pretty good. Um, yeah, no, I, and, and let's talk about attracting workforce and stuff like that here in a minute. You know, so, so that's one of them. The other one is we have an, uh, a session on a, a new standard that's going to be coming out that a bunch of our members have been working on. And it's what I kind of call the interoperability standard for machine control, grade control. So you can have multiple different, you know, technology systems, Topcon, Trimble, like on your website and everything's kind of working together and feeding off the same plan. So I think once we, you know, we talked about that technology adoption and those barriers to everything. And like, it's, you got to have somebody that can calibrate everything. I think the industry is really starting to work together to drive towards that interoperability if that's a word, you know, of, of kind of that cohesive thing like that. So um, but yeah, Luke, back to your thing, man. I think it's, you know, I think it's super important, you know, especially for some of these, 
I guess any size contractor, right? But I mean, if you don't have the big name out there, how are you attracting workforce and marketing yourselves, whether it's whether it's for workforce or or jobs or just awareness in your in your community or your area you work? Yeah, and I just had to subtly slip that in there, but um, <laughs> I know Luke and I were talking about it on the Con Expo podcast with Taylor um, just a little bit ago, but we we're just talking about how there are people out there, construction owners and people that work for construction companies that actually want to learn. It's sometimes like giving them that opportunity to go out and learn. So we had our Dirtbags University, we threw it out there two days notice, and we had like 32 business owners sign up and they loved it. They're taking notes, having a drink with us on a Monday night. Like we just had a blast. And so now we're seeing like, like, let's do this at Con Expo. Like let's, let's get excited about learning something, making more money, having more impact, providing more value, and then getting together after having a drink, playing some blackjack. Like that sounds incredible. Oh man. Blackjack. I just heard Sold. blackjack and I'm like, I'm in. I am so with those aces. Yeah. <laughs> One thing, Luke, that you said that I kind of want to bring up, and this is kind of a topic that a lot of people talk about that, but they really don't go in depth into is just the educational piece. You know, I feel like there's so many people that crave education, but yeah. they think education is college and there's nothing against college. College is a, is a great thing, but I feel like there's so many different avenues to get that education too, to where Luke, you're, I get like the dirtbags university. That was awesome. I hope, you know, and I feel like a lot of people learn from that, but then not to mention, you know, John on the AEM side, um, I feel like you guys have so much to offer on the educational piece as well. Yeah. So we have a lot of partners that, you know, collaborate with us, you know, to put on the Con Expo kind of education. Um, you know, it's kind of like a lot of places do their call for papers. We kind of just do that with like, I think it's six different industry partners and they kind of, you know, reach out to their members and pull in the experts. Right. And, and, and to your point of, you know, education, education's college. I mean, it, it's basically, you're learning all the time. You just don't really know it. Right. And especially yep. if you have a business, you're, you're never going to be doing everything perfectly. And if there's something, one little nugget you can take and learn from that, you know, and pull that away, why would you not do that? Right. And yep. I kind of talked about that before of, you know, a lot of these folks, whether they're the solution provider, you know, and not doing a sales pitch and just talking about the, the value of doing it, or if they're a peer of a contractor, it is in a different area of the country talking about the way they're doing things. It's like, why not help everybody? Right. Why not learn from other people's mistakes? Why not learn? Right. You know, like you said, if, if I'm in North Dakota and somebody's in Montana, but we're struggling with the same thing, why not take something away from each other? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. No. Yeah. And just connecting it. I mean, we talked about this on the podcast. Con Expo pod as well, but making that community and just connecting everyone and being like, Hey, this is happening in Maryland. Okay. Let's try this in Washington. Like just making that seamless. And, you know, Luke and I are doing that with what we're trying to do, but then just all coming together at one place, one meeting ground, and, you know, just trying to figure it all out together. Because I think at that point it becomes about the industry and less about like your local competition from the guy across the street. Yeah. Right. And the other thing I would say is, you know, if, it, if it's somebody's first time or maybe they're a smaller contractor or, or, or not, like, it's like, don't, you know, be shy to say hi to somebody and talk to people. Right. Cause I mean, it's, even if you, you know, think you have a dumb question or something like that, everybody's been there. I mean, it's the, you know, it, it's, everybody can learn from everybody else and, and you're probably better at something than that person is. 
So it's kind of like, just share what you're doing, talk to everybody you can, be super nice to everybody and everybody will help each other out. And I feel like in the construction side, like I love conversation about business, about machines and just, you know, construction overall. So, and I know I'm not the only one. So I feel like there's a lot of, there's a barrier that's not even there that people kind of imagine yeah. that isn't there to where go and ask these people questions, go and have the conversations with them, introduce yourself because people will want to have that conversation with you. It's, it's relatable to what they're doing. And I bet 99% of the people enjoy talking about what they do. Yeah. Plus people love to tell you what they know, yeah. right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Not, not in a, not in a super egotistical way. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. yeah. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Come on. Uh, right. Let's be honest um, here. I mean, I'll talk to you guys and tell you what I know all day. I mean, it's like, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, well, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, it's, it, it, it is, if, if people love questions and they love to tell you, you know, things that they've been through and experienced, I mean, it's like, you know, whether, whether they're really doing it, um, you know, cause they've experienced that or not, or you're both going to learn it together. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, everyone's got a story. Everyone's got value to bring to a conversation. And I think just knowing that, like, it'll give you confidence. Yeah. Just to go up and shake somebody's hand be like, Hey, how's it going? Like, what do you do? What's your story? And just, it'll open your mind and you'll open your eyes to what else is out there. And I think once you kind of get over that hurdle and obviously like just going up, shaking people's hands and asking them questions. If you can get somebody rolling on their passions and rolling on their story, I mean, you can talk to anyone because everyone, even though they won't admit it, loves to talk about themselves and what they like to do. And so if you can ask those right questions and be a good listener, but also realize you have something to add to the conversation, like I said, you can talk to anyone. And you're probably- That's a great point. You know, I guess, I guess you'd kind of say I've been- sort of in this industry for 15 years right but you know even the beginning of that i've been working for a trade association so it's not like i'm really you know in the dirt daily right and it's like i i had no history of this i mean we have i mentioned our agriculture side of of the association i mean we have quite a few people who like grew up on a farm or whose family still farms there's a guy austin our egg side who goes and spreads fertilizer and you know gets eggs from chickens every few weekends or however often chicken's leg. I have no idea. Um, but you know, but there's, there's that. I think it's he's like day. in it. It's like every yeah. day. So you said, Oh, I say weeks. Jesus. I guess they yeah, know. I was going to say, I think um, they lay every day, but hey, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Shout out to anyway, Austin see, putting in the so hours, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. yeah. But I mean, he's doing that. Right. I mean, he's like living it. And then, the, you know, you have people like me who came from not that. And it's like, how did I ever learn anything? It's like, just show up, ask questions, talk to everybody, learn from everybody. That's what you got to do. Definitely. And not that, you know, kind of a quick point to that'll only help you on your sales side too. It doesn't matter if you're in the construction industry, if you're a business owner or, you know, an estimator or whoever, you're still a sales representative for who you work for. So it's probably a good idea to have those conversations and maybe kind of develop that personality. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And this is kind of a piece of advice. You know, I I think I heard it on dirt talk, but just, if you are like that person that is in the office and you are, you find yourself on site and you don't want to make a fool of yourself. Like somebody mentioned, I think it was Aaron, just like right office idiot, or maybe it's Will, uh, Will yeah. Schuler, and like right office idiot on your, your brand new um, hard hat. And it's just like, Oh, now we can't call you an idiot. So yeah. Cause you already called yourself. one. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, okay, we got that out of the way. So 
what do you want to know? And then it yeah. kind of breaks that barrier. But I think about that a lot with myself because yes, like I don't consider myself blue collar, but we work with blue collar people and companies every single day for the last few years. So it's like, well, I can at least learn something from these people. And, you know, once you kind of get over that, um, yeah, it, it takes you to that next level of like, okay, we got that out of the way. Now let's get to work. Yep. Right. And, and you know, the, the collar color and all that stuff like that. It's like, everybody's still human. You have your interests outside of this. It's like, just talk to everybody like a human, yep. you know, and yep. just figure out what they know and what you can learn from each other, what you can help each other with. It doesn't matter if your red is or your neck is red, your collar is right. white, your collar is blue. You're all you're yep. all a person. I think Hardy yep. said that in a song one time. So shout out Hardy. Electric. <laughs> shout out Hardy. <laughs> so Dude, good stuff. Well, Mr. Luke, Mr. AEM, I think uh, I think that was a successful pod. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot of things coming. Probably not going to say it on the podcast right now, but yep. keep your eyes peeled because we've got some exciting things coming. John, Luke, and I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to spend the night with us on the Dirtbags podcast, crushing a little bit of whiskey here, just having a great time. And, you know, Luke and I, we we look forward to this stuff. I mean, we this is what we love to do. We love podcasting. We love talking to people in the industry. Um, and we just can't thank you enough for your expertise, your 15 and a half years at AEM. I mean, that is bananas. Crazy. But uh, <laughs> also just being a great guy because, you know, we didn't even talk about this on the pod, but you helped me kind of get into um, the speaking at Con Expo and just like be able to add some of that value. So I know Luke and I are stoked to uh, see you in Vegas and have a couple more. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. I'll, I'll plug this last thing. You know, you, if you listen to the Con Expo Con Ag podcast, you've heard this, but use code podcast, podcast 20, get 20% off your registration and I hope to see you all there. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to cheers and you guys in person and actually hearing the, the glasses clink. Right. So I cannot wait. I'm throwing it against the screen. I'm like, it's Woo! getting close. <laughs> I love it. Looking forward to it guys. Hell yeah, guys. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see you in March.